Hi Explorers, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm Cindy Dowsett. And I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. We are the mamas behind Kids Who Explore. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. We are honored to share the mic with adventurers from all over the world. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. The Musser family calls themselves a misfit family of four that squeezes themselves, plus a slightly feral pup, into an 18-foot mini schoolie to live the full-time nomad life. Their eldest, Buckets, was adopted from foster care. Their son, Monkey, they are legal guardians of. And their puppy, Dingo, is a rescue mutt found running with a wild pack of dogs. The tall one works remotely as an electrical engineer designing power and lighting for new construction to pay the bills while Minnie plays paparazzi and writes for a couple outlets about their wild adventures. They love skiing, rock climbing, trail running, hiking, backpacking, and all things that include getting dirty. Minnie just completed a hike on the Pacific Crest Trail from Mexico to Canada, and together as a family, they are training to safely mountaineer. You'll want to check out their adventures too on Instagram at runawaymustbus or their personal website, runawaymustbus.com. It is such a treat to have you all on the podcast today. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Thank you. And this is only our second interview that's in the outdoors. So we love all the nature sounds that we'll get to hear. <laughs> I hope that it's not too distracting. We're kind of, we like being outside. So we will, that seems fitting for us to be out here. But yeah. That's perfect. perfect. So you guys have such a beautiful family dynamic. It really seems like you are the definition of chosen family. So you, you said you've been foster parents, adoptive parents, legal guardians. Can you tell us more about your family dynamic? <laughs> so when Charlie, tall one, his name is Charlie. When we got married, we thought, I thought we would get pregnant super easily and have just like a bunch of kids. And I ended up miscarrying three times and not able to ever have my own biological children. And so we started kind of talking about like he had foster siblings as a kid about what it would look like to adopt. And the more I got into adoption, the more I realized how many children in foster care kind of just needed someone to like, welcome in forever long or short they needed so we started foster care and our first placement was this one buckets and then um she was only supposed to be a 90-day placement they said that she would go home it was a relatively like simple case um but when she turned two we actually adopted her and now she's 12 and then after that we started fostering a bunch of kids and we've actually had 34 placements and we met monkey um, he was like number six. So he again was supposed to be a short term placement. 
Uh, sorry, I'm distracted. He was supposed to be a short-term placement, and he ended up coming back and forth a lot. And about five years ago, they finally made us his legal guardian to try to give him some more stability into our family. But he still kind of has a lot of court cases, and we're not exactly sure how long he'll be with us or in our family, although we would want him forever. <laughs> So that's kind of how we came together. And then in the midst of it, we decided to adopt this dog that they found running with a wild pack. So um, we just added that to it. Wow, that is so beautiful. So you guys are still fostering other children that come into your family? We aren't anymore. When we went full time, we relinquished our foster license and we got permission from the courts to be able to take him out of state which is super rare. They usually don't allow that, but because we have such a long history with him, they let us um, travel with him. But that was one thing we had to kind of give up because when you're a foster parent, they want you to be in one area but they can keep their eyes on you and then also to arrange visit schedules because a lot of it is focused on the process. So the parents get a lot of sort of um, time and support to be able to get their lives to a place where they can have their children back. And so that's kind of the focus of it, which sort of limits the freedom you have as like a foster parent. So that's a beautiful story that you guys have and what an amazing difference you're making for so many children. Does that mean that you have to stay semi close to the area? Um, not so much. So we have a written agreement with his mom. And so he's supposed to have, uh, phone calls like twice a week and there is like a visit schedule written into it and so at that point he goes back to LA but his mom has never really sort of like wanted to do it so there's a helicopter flying and so we're very distracted <laughs> <laughs> of course that's very exciting well you cut you guys call yourselves full-time travelers and nomads what made you decide to hop on a bus and travel all over and what has that been like running away from our problems and a pre-midlife crisis. And COVID. <laughs> and COVID. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's fair. Can you say where you guys have been? Uh, so, well, there is kind of a story behind the whole, like, getting into a bus thing, and it does involve monkey. We were actually given his year of kindergarten. They said that by the end of kindergarten, he was going to be reunified with his mom. And this was when he was six, so he had lived with us since nine months. And that year was really super painful. JJ had a lot of sort of like emotional stuff with it. And our whole family was sort of like mourning him going home. And then we packed up all of his stuff and went to the courthouse thinking, we all said our goodbyes. I remember distinctively, we sat on our house porch and like cried because we thought we were saying goodbye to our son. And after two hours, the judge and his lawyer and his mom's lawyer were like, he can't leave your care. He needs to stay with you. But we had already bought a bus. Charlie had like proposed to his work that he was going to leave. And then they gave him a remote job. And I already figured out like homeschooling for this one. And then suddenly the house was sold. The house was sold. And so that was the idea was we were going to go as this, the three of us and sort of heal. And then maybe come back to stationary life after we kind of lost our son. And then it ended up like I was walking out the courthouse. I remember holding both their hands and like was super excited because my son was still here. But then it hit me. I was like, oh, my son is still here and we live in a bus now and I don't even have a bed for him. And like I, now I need to figure out how to homeschool him. And so that was kind of like why we started traveling. And then we just sort of like 
fell in love with it and don't really have a timeline. I think we'll just go until it feels like it's time to settle, but it's been great. We've been lots of places. What has been your favorite place? Uh, well, I think that my favorite place that we've gone on the bus is Joshua Tree, but my favorite place we've been in general is Indonesia. Do you have a favorite place? I, I really like Tennessee. But there's a lot of bugs, and <laughs> there I hanged out with my uh, mom's mom. We went to Splash Country and Dollywood. And I also really like Washington because we climbed Bakel, and there's family here. It's just really, I guess, peaceful and really green. I fun places. I love it. I love hearing from you guys, and I love hearing your story in totality because... I always get bits and pieces from Instagram and from what you guys do with Kids Who Explore, but it's just so nice to hear this way. So thank you again for being on and sharing. Yes, and the strength you guys have, absolutely incredible. And I love that you're sharing it with everyone on social media. It's just, it's really, it's very raw, it's very emotional, and I love it. Yeah, I think we try to be open because although I feel like we have a lot of joy, we've been through a lot, like we do struggle, I mean, there's different stuff that happens. Like right now, she's being a little teenager, so she's all pouty. But we try to be real because I think it does a disservice overall. And I, for me personally, I feel really super isolated if I don't feel now our dog we're a mess today. Um, if I don't feel like other people have struggles, and I think we all have struggles in different ways. And so the more that we can be open and honest about it, I think the more we can sort of support each other in it. But absolutely. And there's so much that they're learning on the go too, and all the adventures that you guys are doing. It's teaching them so much. And you'd mentioned homeschooling. So do you follow any particular schooling program or is there anything that you can recommend? Um, for a while, we tried to follow this like online program, but both of the kids, they struggled in traditional school. So it was kind of difficult for them to transition into it. And so it got to a point where I started like just picking and putting together different books that seem to work well there's one that they both follow for English and math that they like and then a lot of it um especially with all the stuff that happened in 2020 and just the more the awareness and the fact that like Jeremy is a first generation from Mexico and Cuba and wanting to sort of honor more that like we're a bunch of white people and not losing his culture and his heritage so it has come a lot about like the history is like indigenous studies and then wherever we are we try to learn about what were the indigenous tribes here and then what's the history of it what was the impact of different settlers coming in and it, I don't know I'm kind of a nerd about it and I get really excited like we were just in this town called Wellington which is in Washington and we got to walk where there was like the deadliest avalanche ever it sounds really dark but and it was kind of cool because you sort of for me and I'm hoping for them that as they experience stuff that it like sticks more and then it's more like they're playing and exploring and they're getting to climb over all these new snow sheds and kind of see like we go to a bunch of ghost towns and like mining and that way because it's more fun and it's more engaging I'm hoping it like is sticking more but you know who knows? <laughs> I kind of, I just, 
my whole heart with homeschooling is less like, let's make sure they meet all the facts, which I think is good, like a good practice, but more teaching their brains to learn and absorb for that they can always continuously be learning for whatever career path they go to. And even just, I think, learning about the people around you, if you can be more empathetic and kind. So that's kind of the philosophy. So it's a mix of like, like honeys and pre-algebra right now, which she yeah, it's her favorite subject. <laughs> Honey loves the math. We get math workbooks and she gets to do all these problems. Just, you know, comes alive inside. <laughs> no. So we try to have a standard for if they do want to transition back into traditional school, they're with their peers. But then everything else is sort of like, where are we? What's engaging them? What are they into? Like Jeremy really likes dinosaurs. So we try to visit any fossils we can find. Uh, honey is really into rocks and gems so we always try to figure out what the topography and what's in the area so it's kind of like that i i think it's a fun education i think they would rather just like roll around in dirt all day and so they're very <laughs> upset that there's any education but you know we survive <laughs> so something very important to kids to explore and your family is the concept of leave no trace so what does leave no trace mean to you guys what is leave? So what is leave? JJ, no what do you? Oh yeah, this is, like, sorry. this is like your big thing. So she's asking, what does leave no trace mean? And that's like, you've kind of been the big um, encourager of that. So what do you think? I kind of think that, I mean, there's kind of the standards that even though you think something's cool, like you might see a bone. Yeah, I think that you can pick it up and just look at it. But I also think that even though it's cool and it may be like, it's been in the wild so long, so I'm just gonna take it. I think that I that it's not good because it's part of nature and you like nature. I think that a really big one and our family is picking up trash. Once we went to this campsite that we picked up like, a hundred pounds of trash in a king mattress. And I think that we really like picking up trash. We didn't really pick up the mattress. <laughs> we just moved it to the trash. <laughs> we <truck>. just <laughs> we placed all the trash on it for them to haul it all away. We picked up a lot of trash and I think that it's kind of a game because I think it's like the I spy game. We just try to spy every piece of trash we can. and. Wow. My mom has said a lot, even if we pick up a little trash, it's still a big difference because there's so much trash in the world. Um, if my grandma sent something, she was like saying, if we don't like the trash, we don't grumble and say we don't like this. We do something about it and we do an action to make the world better. <laughs> exactly. You're inspiring kids all over the world, Monkey. Did you know that? Uh, kind of. Like kind of. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. These are the best tips. And for <laughs> our Planet Cleanup that event that we're doing at Kids Who Explore, these are perfect things that we can share with other kids so they can do what you're doing. Yeah, it's been really fun. I feel like it's been like a family thing that we enjoy doing. I mean, he just started picking up trash when we were hiking and just like kind of shoving it in his like camelback or his pockets. 
And then we just were like, well, why don't we just start bringing like bags and like seeing if we can just pick up stuff. So for whatever reason, he always has had like this been pretty trashy and likes to pick up trash. And I don't know. It's been cool to see us all like come together as a family and kind of um, bond as it. And I don't know. Do you feel like it helps to like, do you feel more ownership when you pick up stuff? I think I'm probably the one who likes it the least. <laughs> I gave it the trash. and free algebra are her favorite things. <laughs> I really like playing with trash. My sister doesn't like it. Okay, so then was Monkey the true inspiration behind starting getting interested in Leave No Trace? Or did you guys try and instill some of that respect for the environment in them? All right, honey, why don't you tell, don't you what, tell you us think? what you think? Well, at first, I actually, I had started learning about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, and I said that we should start cleaning up trash, and that was sort of what happened first. But then JJ was the one who sort of actually did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I um, said we should do it, but... I, I did a school... So I've always been interested in it because climate change, uh, it, like, scares me and for my children and wanting... And I didn't grow up in the outdoors, so I was definitely, like, very ignorant of any of Leave No Trace or, like, the impact of stuff like that. I just kind of, like... I was the person that just threw trash walking down the sidewalk, didn't really care. And so because I've gotten more fascinated, one of Honey's... Um, school assignments was about the great garbage patch and that just kind of spurred the idea of like how all of the trash goes from one place into the ocean and then where it ends up and how trash is disposed of and then so she did learn about it but I would say monkey's the one that probably is the first one that actually wants to implement it so it's cool to see how like the education behind it where she was talking to all of us about it translates into like we have the little motivator who actually wants to like do it and I think when he starts doing it we'll just me and you are kind of like well we could do it too like if he can so yeah I think it's like a combination of our whole family in a way so where can others begin to leave no trace like what are some beginner tips you have um what are your tips tips? (laughs) probably start instead of starting by like going straight to trying to pick up trash just start by not leaving your own trash. Oh, that's a good point. How about you, JJ? Do you have any tips? That's a really good one. Excellent point. <laughs> you want, like, yeah, I think Connie's right. <laughs> How about, if like, you really don't, if you want something that's in the nature, I think you can um, maybe use trash, pick it up, and kind of. Craft <laughs> own thing that you want or just like paint something that you want and it can always kind of be with you i think another thing you guys we've had to talk about is like leaving nature and nature right yeah leaving nature as nature i think if you just always like that's one thing i know that kids really like to collect rocks and pine cones and leaves and it's fun but if there's an idea of like, can you take a picture of it or have them draw it? Because even those little things, it doesn't seem like very much. But like what I tell them is like, they go, oh, it's just one rock. What's the big deal? It's like, well, if everyone just takes one rock, there's no more rocks left. And then like these animals don't have homes or like, let's say there's it's decaying to give food to the trees. Like there's just little things like that. And then kind of on a bigger scale, um, at least here in the United States, what we found out is if you collect a big amount of trash, you can 
figure out what land you're on, like if you're on US forest land and you can call the ranger station and they'll come pick it up. So you don't even have to like haul out bags and bags of trash. Um, you just explain that you did a little trash cleanup and then they'll come on their own and they'll de deposit and dispose of it without you having to do that. So that's kind of like a bigger thing. But starting small, I think, like honey's right, like just don't add to it. And then JJ's saying like, don't take nature from it. And then maybe just having, always having like a little bag in your um, backpack or your camel pack that you can just pull out and put stuff in. Like just little things like that, I feel can make a really big difference if everyone collectively does it together. You should talk about fire. Oh, I'm such a- <laughs> You're pretty I, passionate about that. So the wildfires this year are, horrible so i just hiked the pacific crest trail and i actually don't even bring a stove or anything that lights because i'm so terrified of starting a wildfire but my biggest pet peeve is i see people um they make fire rings or maybe they see a fire ring that someone else makes and they use it or they sort of like don't do the research of the fire bands and so my big thing is that like the only real safe fire rings are ones that rangers make and that they maintain and so even if you pull up to a cool camp spot and you're like well someone else made a fire here you still shouldn't make a fire there and even so much so you can work to like take out the fire ring so that there's no trace of it anymore um so that's kind of like that's a whole different tangent that i have that um I just don't, I just worry because I think everyone thinks it's fine, but you never really know if like an ash goes or something like that. So these yeah. are really great tips because I think a lot of people, like you said, don't realize they're just kind yeah. of ignorant to these things that are happening in the outdoors. So they just assume it's okay. So thank you for sharing those. And then what about even just a fallen leaf? How do you feel about kids taking fallen leaves and taking those for crafts? I think it's still... It's natural. Well, what have we what have we done with the leaves? What we, what have you guys done that we do instead of taking the leaves? Oh, do you remember? I remember. Sometimes for work we take leaves and we like color it, then put it back in nature. Well, you take, because we you like you take a piece of paper and you put the piece of paper over the leaf and then you use a crayon and color on the paper, and then the leaf is on the paper, but then you just put the actual leaf back in the wild. So we do stuff like that where they will draw the leaf or because I mean leaves probably aren't like the biggest deal like I totally get that but if you think about it the leaves become the food for animals or for the trees and then the soil um, needs those nutrients that it provides so there's like oh it, it's used for like maybe there's seeds on it so we try to do other things where they can still kind of enjoy the leaves and maybe even have something to take with them but instead of actually taking the leaf. So that's a great tip. My kids love that craft. I just, I'm yeah. curious, how old are you guys? I'm 12, <laughs> 12 and eight. Wow. You guys are incredible. I think you two are like one of the most old souls with the most mature answers I've ever met. And this makes me want to interview more children. <laughs> So what's it for next for you guys? Do you have any other adventuring or traveling planned once you get your bus back? Mountain biking. We're going to go to Montana, Minnesota, Minnesota, and then we're going to go skiing. Yeah. So uh, we're 
Caitlin's grandma lives in Minnesota. That's our next trek. We'll make our way across the north to be there in October and visit them. But we'll go through Montana and North Dakota and do some rock climbing. And then last year we picked up skiing, downhill skiing for the first time, any of us, and really enjoyed it. So we actually kind of splurged and bought this thing called a power pass, which gets you access to a bunch of mountains in the Southwest and Arizona and New Mexico and Utah and Colorado. And so we're going to spend the winter kind of traveling between those four states, going to different ski resorts that this pass gets us in so we can up our skiing game. The goal is to get to black diamonds. Right, JJ? Double blacks. Double Double blacks. (laughs) I've done half of a black diamond. Have you? (laughs) That's epic. Wow. Left. Yes, that happened as well. <laughs> we'll see here. <laughs> so, is there anything else you guys would like to share? What about you? I like skateboarding. You like skateboarding? That's yeah. really. really <laughs> um, I I think what I I don't know. I feel like people are scared of trying. My whole thing has been like we just taught ourselves downhill skiing, and then we um are embarking on learning mountaineering like we just took a three-day course to learn that is that I think as older people or people with kids there's a fear to try new stuff or to sort of like think that you can't sort of do more difficult stuff with kids and so I kind of would hope in that our like Instagram or whatever is kind of you see that you can do new stuff and that kids are super capable of doing things and that if you just grow up and try it and learn together you don't have to sort of like slow down your life or put your life kind of on hold when you have kids and so I don't know I guess that's my kind of hope is that people can just be more brave with their children and we have tough days like those days on the trail where we, we wonder what we're doing with our lives but if you can like push through there I think the joy and the adventure really is amazing just disregard your kids complaining <laughs> and they'll think later <laughs> oh and bring like- gummies <laughs> gummies are yummy on hikes this theme continues right <laughs> You'll yeah. get slushies at the end of the hike. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned at the beginning your Instagram and your website. Can you share those one more time? And if there's anywhere else you want people to follow along? Yeah. So our Instagram is Runaway Must Bus. It's Runaway, and then our last name M U S, and then Bus B U S because we live in a bus. And then the website's runawaymustbus.com. So it's all pretty one name. So that's it. Yeah. One does your bus have a name? That's, does our bus have our a name? Our bus's name Tabitha. is Tabitha. Tabitha. And I then I got this coma. She's kind of a butch uh, <laughs> oh my God. girl, you know. <laughs> if you have, have you seen the picture of the bus? We have. She, <laughs> uh, but it just seemed right to us. It's from the Bible. Okay, great. Well, we have appreciated you guys being on here so much, and we end every episode with a series of questions. So, in the last few months, what was your best purchase under one hundred dollars? 
you were trying to think of this really hard. Uh, because so you should give them your answer. My answers are always way too long. So we usually don't buy a lot of like extra stuff because we save up our money in sort of like this fund where we can do really big things, like big experiential things. And so I was trying to think like if we really gotten anything besides the necessities and then we haven't like the biggest purchase we did was we paid to do that three-day course to learn how to do crevasse safety rescue and training to do mount baker and so that's kind of like how we sort of live by this nope nope it's no, that was, not that was way over a hundred dollars failing on answering the no and so i was like well we try to like we use and repurpose and not get as much stuff as we possibly can so that we can have these like grand things more ex bigger experiences so i was like i don't know we, but we I did know. oh go ahead my best purchase under a hundred dollars in the last few months was a tube of lip gloss that smells like peaches my mom got me a a uh, Harry Potter series that was under $100. These are great answers. I love it. Yeah. I love the minimalist lifestyle. So I think that's uh, probably my favorite answer I've heard so far. And okay. I, I have to answer that question. I might have to steal that same answer. <laughs> hey, we all should do it. I mean, it great. just... Like, and the little the little things, right? The the peach lip gloss, like, why not? That's something that makes you happy. Yeah, that because <laughs> Who doesn't love a Harry Potter book? shot yeah so. she made the decision because she's 12 so i put it in her hands if she felt comfortable to get the, her vaccination or not and honey decided she wanted to wanted to do it and so that was sort of like her gift of choosing to put away her fears because she's kind of scared of it in order to because monkey has a rare autoimmune disease and might not ever be able to get the vaccination so we talked as a family like how do we put away maybe our fears or preferences to help support others and so that was why she got the lip gloss because she decided to support her brother which is for cool. you what a good big sister can yeah. you share a book show or podcast recommendation right now so what's the crime junkies crime junkies full body kills david date nine date nine <laughs> Apparently, true crime podcasts are, are a thing in the family. Do. You should That's do Dead with Date Nine. That's funny. <laughs> I imagine when you guys are on your long road trip days that there's lots of podcasts listening to yeah. and book it's reading. Oh, just feel a normal life. Oh, that's the movie. The Princess that's Bride. That's my favorite. <laughs> you should that's watch that. Friends is my favorite TV show. You should watch Villain's Trap. That's the best movie. That was my favorite movie when I was a kid. Then it's, it's that one, like we watched the old school stuff. So yeah, that's okay. what we like. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore? What do you think? Iceland. Oh. Australia. So Iceland is monkey. Australia is you. Where do you want to go? Uh. What's it called? What's the mountain called, JJ? Mount Leblanc, which is in which the is French in and Swiss Alps. So, and then maybe we'd hit up Paris Disney while we're there. Yeah. And then I want to go to New Zealand really bad. So, I feel like we want to do more. I think we've been Let's cooped go. up. We do want to go to Mexico. That would be fun. We've been Canada. cooped up in uh, America too much. We're ready to like international travel again, I think. So. Well, it sounds like you guys have some fun adventures planned. 
<laughs> yeah. Dreamed more like dreamed at this point. We feel that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. This was amazing that we got all four of you on here and so many amazing takeaways. We loved it. I hope it wasn't too chaotic. We tend to be like squirrels. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms.